new new which naturally takes us to new year's new year's resolutions so i know you were excited to discuss yours yes so yes what are some let me hear what you got going on yeah i have a couple going on all right but the one i'm most excited about is i want to read 50 books this year damn okay yeah 50 books in a year? Doable. 50 books in a year. I do you know what? Do you have like a 50 book reading list or are you going to kind of figure that out? I have a theme. I have a couple of themes. Okay. Yeah. My first theme is like the black struggle in the United States. Cool. Cool. So I read Booker T. Washington's Up From Slavery last year. And that inspired me. Nice. Yeah. That inspired me to look at Marcus Garvey. And Very cool. And, you know, some of the other authors, maybe even, you know, James Baldwin. Okay, okay. Um, so I want to I wanna do that. That's one theme. But I know if I read too many of those books back to back, then I get, I get burnt out. So I want to have another theme. And I think my other themes are going to involve, like, product and game design. Mm. Because I like, um, that intrigues me. Mm. So I want to do that as well. Um, and besides that, I want to, um, I don't know, I, I'm, it's still open-ended. I'm, I'm looking at education, just like how education, the industry of education works. That was something that I was curious about because I'm very interested in learning as well. So that's cool. something, but I haven't really developed that theme too much. Uh, the other ones, I have like a few books already in my mind, so it's easy to pursue those right now. But yeah, 50, 50 books, that's like, and they're going to be non-fiction. That I also yeah, know. okay, interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Well, when he told me that first, that you know, I was like, okay, my then I added to my resolution list. One of my resolution is to feed into those fifty books a decent amount of propaganda. Nice, yeah. nice, <laughs> nice. And Fair next enough. year comes around, I want to see, you know, I want to see all red here. All red here. <laughs> what about you? Any any uh, cool resolutions, man? No, no, I'm not. I'm not really doing the resolution thing. I'm just uh, gonna be more resolute, and uh, you know, call it good. I mean, that's hell of a resolution on its own. What does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Be more resolute. Coming from a place of like, you know, just being like super down all the time and shit, uh, and sort of getting out of that. Now I need to figure out like a new kind of. I need to figure a groove out. Find a groove, mean, but, uh, find, find a find groove, a groove in terms of just like you know a day to day and whatnot, right? Mm. Um, because I feel like you know like just my life has been really like down all the time, you know, physically down, um, you know, quarantined and then just you know just mentally down and uh, just yeah, kind of rising out of that, man. Twenty twenty two, this is the like year. A lot of people are are, are going to be like do, trying to do that this year, trying to get out yeah. of that quarantine slump. Yeah. I guess for like a lack of a better term. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like people have been cooped up for so long, especially like, I mean, I just came back from the East Coast and the West Coast the last two months and it's insane. Right. Like, I think like, I mean, coming from, <laughs> coming from Texas, yeah, you go yeah. there, I mean, Texas and Florida and then you go to like New York and California and it's like, you know, like, it's literally a vaccine passport thing where, like, you know, you can't get into, like, a restaurant or a bar without showing it. Which, again, like, you know, I'm, yeah, I have, I'm boosted up and all. But yeah. it's just, like, a, I think people are ready to kind of just, like, move past this and never talk about it again. Yeah. Uh, I remember, like, yeah. I forgot what I was listening to. It was uh, um, a couple of months ago, maybe. Actually, a year ago. 
where people were talking about the pop culture following the Spanish flu. Yeah. Oh. And they're like, no one ever. Uh, like after that, people tried maybe bringing it into like the popular culture of the time. People just did not want to revisit it. Yeah. People just did not want to revisit like, you know, like how it was to live during the flu, right? And I'm sure like if you go back like to the plague, the uh, the bubonic plague, people didn't want to probably like you know see paintings of it Theater immediately after, and, like, right? Yeah, tapestries. <laughs> yeah, about like you know the bubonic plague. Yeah. Same thing. I don't think like you know like people are really like. Yeah, I'm sure there's gonna be movies about people wearing masks and some bullshit about that. But in reality, like I think like you know once whenever this is actually over, which you know I mean, however you define over It'll be to be, a while. whatever you think over is, because I mean some people like I myself included think the next decade can go by, have different variants every year, who knows, right? But whenever this is over, people are gonna be like actually over this. They don't want to see movies. Sick with and tired. Yeah, yeah. yeah people are like, so. Right, I think this year, a lot of people are like ready to just like you know figure out how to like go to like a normal quote unquote routine. Yeah, yeah. But with this Omicron thing, like whatever, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think like you know. I think like uh, uh, this is gonna like cause much more like you know, um, more more polarization on this issue because people who are not about this whole like you know lockdown whatever like pr- procedures whatever is going on they're going to be more further entrenched in their position of like hey there's a new like you know thing every year yeah and on the opposing side they're like oh look y'all didn't get vaccinated and now we have another like thing you know we just have to get all seven billion people vaccinated or something whatever something yeah like, I mean whatever the number is I don't know but right, as like right, this is like right. This is like further gonna like just like make this like a more political issue and less of a public health thing. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately. Not that like the Biden thing is helping. Like you know, you would think it, uh, they would have like came in as like someone who's like that's our main I, focus that, I mean, is COVID. Yeah. But the main focus turns out we're well, gonna make sure no one talks about COVID in the press or in the media unless they're trying to blame someone else. Right. Blame people who did not get vaccinated. Right. right. Bl- blame states. Blame governors. So have a, a weird like a, uh, uh, you know like, uh, prescriptions like hey we should take people off social security if they don't get vaccinated or something and it's like, you know, how about we just like, blame our public health officials who are you know yeah like, blame our these... public health response. I yeah. Mean, uh, and then the other thing is like, you know. I was talking about this earlier, right? It's individualism. When you have a pandemic, there needs to be a global response to it. And that global response needed to have happened at the very beginning, right? Now you're having these like punitive uh, measures of like, okay, well now these people, you know, aren't, uh, you know, vaccinated or whatever. So now they're in trouble or whatever. Nah, this is like preventatively at the very beginning, there had to be a coordinated global response. Because Omicron came from Botswana in Southern Africa. Really? Right? Okay. Less than 10% of Africa is vaccinated. So it doesn't matter how many people in the U.S. are vaccinated. Variants are going to keep on happening, right? So that's that global response. And that's where the whole issue of individualism comes into play. And, and you know, capitalism. It all goes back to, like, the entire system is screwed up. And that manifests itself in a pandemic. That manifests itself from in a pandemic from a public health point of view. From a, um, you know, corporate profit point of view. From... Well, what what is I mean I don't know like I'm, I'm kind of unclear on how uh, Biden has handled 
like this uh, vaccine like distribution throughout like you know like because it's there's patents involved and all that and it's obviously a lot of countries cannot afford to like procure these like vaccines etc uh, I know they took a hardline stance at the beginning of like not like opening up patents for this but like you said this is coming from Africa and, and like you know any layman can tell you if if only 10% of Africa is vaccinated there's Less a likely than, yeah. situation where this is going to keep on happening I'm not exactly sure what their response is at this time when like you know like hey are we opening up these patents uh, are we like no so you had a couple of people that are cre- that are creating vaccines so you have a few in, like non-institution people that have come up with vaccines okay. that are not patenting them and they're essentially just you know uploading the blueprint like so it's open source um, and the idea behind that is that any country that has the capability to create it can create it nice uh, okay yeah but I think like I think there's two parts to this right. I think right now that's essentially a charity. That's that's a charity. Right. Some smart person was able to figure it out, and then they made a charitable contribution where they're essentially allowing people to now create it themselves. But I think as mankind in the day and age we live, we shouldn't have charity-based solutions. You know, we should have predictable solutions. We should have institutions that are set up for yeah. success in moments like these. And and I think this. This was bound to happen when you look at how we were slowly siphoning funding from so many of our institutions, like at home and abroad. You know, nobody's committed to the UN cause. Everybody is committed to the UN cause only as long as it allows them to have influence in the world. Mm-hmm. But as right. soon as you stop losing that influence and you don't think it's worth it, you stop funding it. And you right. saw that in the Trump era how the UN just was not a priority anymore. It was only a priority for as long as we could get out of deals that we had already struck internationally. As long as we could do that, we were part of it. Gotcha. And if you look gotcha. at CDC, CDC's funding got cut drastically the first year Trump came in. And I'm not trying to like point at Trump and be like, he's the problem. I mean, that there was a time for that. And yeah, that may have started a lot of things that we're dealing with now, but I don't think he was a problem. I think the problems are mentality. I think our mentality is very like focused on ourselves. I think that's partly because we have a very like racist legacy in the United States. Yeah. So we always focus on what's important to the white man here, and anything that's inf- you know if it's not affecting them, then it's not something that they want to deal with. I'll specify upper class white men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying that all white men are the same. Sure. When I say white yeah. men, I am talking about. I'm not even talking about a specific white man. I'm talking about the system created right. by the white man that right. has compounded over hundreds of years. Right. That was yeah. The 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 winner or the person who was catered to was the top one percent white man. It wasn't like every white person. So, yeah, I'm yeah. speaking that in a very crass terms, but that's how I yeah. look at yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um. So I mean. I want to juxtapose what Trump was doing with the CDC and the ramifications of that with uh, where we're a year in almost of Biden. This is uh, 50 weeks in. Stimulus checks, rent moratorium would continue. He did give you the two grand. No, no, I immediately got slapped in the face because he didn't give two grand. He gave the remainder. What was it? He gave four hundred dollars because Trump gave sixteen hundred or he something like that. He gave fourteen hundred because Trump had given six hundred. The second time that Trump gave a stimulus check. Yeah. Right. So even to this day, Trump has given more money. More money. Right. Like so. Money. So anyway, I. I um, Wait. That is what. 
That is so unfortunate. This Democrat has given me less money than the Republican. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. Trump gave a six hundred, and before that, twelve hundred. That was yeah, a, that's right. Eighteen, that's and this right. guy came. He said, "I gave you two grand, but six hundred was before the one that Trump gave." So in now December. it's fourteen hundred. So that's why the Biden stimulus check was fourteen hundred, even though the campaign promise was two grand. He comes in and he says fourteen hundred dollar checks. Why? Because the six hundred was already, and he never specified that before, right? So and you know he, he ran an election the election in uh, Georgia they had a Senate election I think for John Ossoff and Ossoff uh, versus Warnock uh, Raphael Warnock th- yeah there was two elections happening right Ossoff there, and Warnock yeah yeah and they ran basically on hey we'll give you two thousand dollars like two thousand dollar checks if you vote for us that's awesome. No, no, no. It went, and they got elected. Yeah. And then they were like, by the way, that 2000 we already gave you the 600 so here's 1400 So if I'm a Georgia voter, please, I'm telling you, I, I, I would wow. be like, I'm going to kill myself before I'm voting for your ass. I want to see a lot you of, lose a lot of people so got pissed off. bad. A lot of people got pissed off. So, yeah, That's it was... so mean. No, no, I mean, honestly, like... Like some of the like uh, this Congress, right? Like so many of these Democrats, like you know, from like the squad to like these guys and the new people that came in, uh, um, even the people who didn't manage to get in, Nina Turner. Nina Turner like, fucked up. Yeah, like, as in, like all up. these people, you're just like, hey, uh, I hope you lose. Like if you're AOC, I hope you lose. If like if you're like that, what was that one dude from? Uh, there's a new Jamal Bowman. Oh my God, he's terrible. This, I mean, terrible. I, I mean, like, are we just letting anyone into the club now? Like, what are we doing Honestly, here? Dude, I'm kind of, I'm kind of jaded with all of that. I really don't care. I, I just really couldn't. I just care. couldn't care less. I, it, it's I, stupid. Electoralism it's, has thoroughly disenfranchised me, to be honest. I, like, honestly, unless you're trying to find some way to make third parties into some kind of wedge party, like the like the Sog Dems are, like the the Lib Dems are in like the UK or whatnot, or like. Whatever third party is like these days, like you know, like Labor is weak, so I guess they could be the whatever wedge party role, whatever you want to call it. Um, that would be the only fruitful or substantive political, electoral pol- pol- uh, political activity that you'd be doing, like you know, in the electoral realm. If it's like, hey, I'm raising money for the next uh, AOC election. No, nah, well, nah, great, nah, that's man. Bogus. She's giving that that's all bogus. to conservatives anyway. She, she already did that. She gave the money to the establishment Democrats because, they, yeah, that, that's bogus. And as far as a third party goes, I feel like in this country, man. Not to win. Not to win an election, right? Like, oh, like the force of basically, imagine force the vote just being a microcosm. Like, just being a small sample of what, like, is possible. Right, because they could have done that. They just chose not to. Yeah. Now imagine a party that is all based around just doing that. Yeah. Right, just being like, hey, we just want to like get these crucial like you know one or two seats, and now you just have to beg us. Oh. For that yeah, one seat, okay. you can fight over me. Yeah. Like I'm I'm up for sale type stuff because yeah. in electoral politics, man, that's kind of what it is. You're gonna sell out at some point. Yeah. For something, it's yeah. all about compromise. Now, what party you sell? Like you know. Like, especially in this country, we have no power. If you're like these people are like running and like, oh, one day, don't worry, we'll have fifty-one senators, and it's like, what? Why? Well, we're gonna wait for this. What are we doing here? Like, you know, like one by one, and like debating like stupid bullshit online. Like, that's how we're gonna get to that point. Yeah, yeah. Because so much of like the discourse here is like, I don't know. It's kind of uh, you wouldn't. I would not want to be affiliated with some of the discourse. Like, you know, like that's considered left. 
online or like in that realm like Such hey as... we're fine like it, it ranges it ranges from acid like you know uh just asinine dub scene like you know like there's like this whole uh Ghislaine, i don't know how to say her name Ghislaine maxwell trial going on and online platforms are talking about like hey this senator said this other senator is like has like sexual fantasies about me and it's like what are you talking about do you understand there's like a whole like big ass thing happening that has like everyone's eye there's big people involved and you <laughs> supposedly you have no interest in protecting these people because like you're just some people sitting in a garage online right you're on youtube but you're not covering this shit. You're obsessed about some Bro. bullshit about like, oh, this guy said this about her skirt. And it's like, are we, what is, what are we talking about? Yo, so this is what we're talking about, right? This is what nobody is covering. Check this out. Ghislaine Maxwell, right? All right. So crazy connections. Like this is like total conspiracy theory type of like level of insanity. But this is all like public information. You can find all of this online. You can Wikipedia all of this. Okay. I'm pretty sure. All right. So her father was a guy named Robert Maxwell. But that was not actually his name. His name was like Ludwig Van Blah something something. And he was from Czechoslovakia. All right. And then he was, uh, he moved to the UK, changed his name to Robert Maxwell. Okay. All right. This guy was a lot of different things. He was a socialite. Um, apparently he started off poor. He was, uh, he moved to the UK and he became super rich through, uh, creating a, basically a media publishing empire, right? So he became this like media mogul and, uh, he became this very wealthy socialite. At some point he was a minister of parliament as well. Um, and yeah, he was filthy rich. Uh, and he was known for a lavish lifestyle. He had this yacht that he named the Lady Ghislaine after his daughter. Mm. I'm going to come back to that yacht, right? This guy was instrumental in funneling arms from Czechoslovakia to Israel oh, wow. in 1948. And Czechoslovakia is where Israel got a lot of its uh, weaponry mm. to defeat Palestine in, in that first 48 war, right? This guy, Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell... Epstein affiliate, child predator, whatever, her dad, right? Now, the Lady Ghislaine, that was his yacht. Um, the way he died was either by suicide or somebody threw him off, whatever the case may be. Uh, he was he found drowned next to there. So he either jumped off or somebody pushed him off. Guess who sold him that yacht? Who sold him? Remember this guy named Jamal Khashoggi? Yeah. Who got yeah, chopped into yeah. pieces by MBS? His yeah. cousin. Oh, shit. When did he tell it to him? When? I'm not sure. Okay. Um, well, Robert Maxwell died a while back, though, right? So he died was... in, like, the 90s, I think. Yeah, it's been, it's oh, been okay. a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not okay. recently. He has recently. four kids. Uh, just to interject. Yeah, 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 He has four kids. Two of them are affiliated with uh, organizations that push anti-Muslim propaganda in this country. Okay. And those organizations have ties, obviously, to, like, you know, uh, different think tanks, different, uh, you know, and a... Uh, Heritage probably some kind of covert of operation shit. like groups that are like funneling money into these because like they all like seems like the whole family has clandestine ties mm. like or ties to clandestine organizations like i think their sister one of the sisters is affiliated with a different organization 
Uh, I'm gonna double check that real quick. But yeah, continue on, on with uh, yeah. This, this it gets bro. It's gets, what, it gets what are crazy. They ethnically, so he's from Czechoslovakia. But his, like his original name is Ludwig. Want something? Is he like what German or what? What is he? I have no idea. They're Jewish. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, I mean, but yeah, I mean, ethnically, that like, I don't, yeah. I don't know, like, ethno-religious wise, like, mm. what that, you know, counts as. But the, he nationality wise, he was Czech. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of like the a lot of the the western parts of that uh, or whatever it was like you know the Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Uh, it was formerly like you know. Uh, German had a heavy, heavy yeah. German population. Yeah, well, no, yeah. that's probably one. Of, that's Germanic. one of the reasons. Like you know, they were uh, uh, annexed, I guess. Right. But yeah, continue on. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, where was I? Robert Maxwell, right? Jamal Khashoggi's cousin sold him that yacht. Jamal Khashoggi's cousin's name was Imad Khashoggi, and um, I don't remember exactly what he did or what his deal was, but he was some guy. Um, I think he was a businessman, right? Here's where it gets really crazy. There's this guy named Adnan Khashoggi. He is Jamal and Imad Khashoggi's uncle. All right, now this guy is like trippy, right? So this guy was a US agent. He um, was involved in Iran Contra, right? Uh, arms dealer, arms. Uh, so he dealt with uh, arms smugglers uh, on that end. Um, and he was the co-founder of an organization called the Safari Club. The Safari Club is a coalition of um, intelligence agencies from the U.S., from a bunch of different countries, U.S., Israel, France, and Morocco, like a bunch of other countries. And the Safari Club's whole thing was, this was around the time when communism was rising in Africa. Uh, and around the time of the rivals of the Soviet Union, the United States was shitting its pants. And so they tried to subvert communist movements that were rising up in Africa. And so this guy, Adnan Khashoggi, was a part of that. They were also the people who initiated the Camp David Accords oh, really? between um, Egypt and Israel. Right? Mm. It gets crazier. Jamal Khashoggi's other cousin is Dodi Fayyad. Dodi Fayyad was the second husband of Princess Diana. Oh shit, that dude. When she was involved in that mysterious car crash yeah. after she flipped on the royal family. Yeah. Right? Because the royal family was fucking kids. The royal family was fucking kids, right? Who, which prince was it? William, Henry, Harry. Well, Andrew is the Andrew? one that is in the like, hot water right now. Yeah. But this Robert Maxwell guy, he has pictures with uh, Princess Diana's husband. Second one. This guy has pictures. This guy who his daughter supplying uh, kids yeah. and whatnot for like sex. Yeah. Her father, who's affiliated with spy organizations is pictured with the father of the dude who is also the prince who is con- oh, who is acute prince andrew is accused of uh like you know like being involved like she he's he actually solicited like, like some of those girls yeah, yeah he yeah. has like pictures with them yeah and i don't know how he's prince andrew's related to what is this, what is this guy's what is uh this harry and uh whatever his uh what are the the father's name man diana's first husband uh prince charles 
Uh, Prince Charles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Prince Charles. Cook, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Prince yeah, Charles. Yeah, Charles. So he's related to Andrew, what, his brother. Okay, okay. They're brothers. Yeah. I get, I'm guessing. I, I have no idea. I'll check, no but I'm guessing they're brothers. Yeah. And I'm guessing they're both fucking kids. Right. And his... <laughs> The wife found the Princess Diana found out because this other dude who's like also affiliated with clandestine, clandestine organizations told her or whatever. I don't know some bullshit. I, I don't know. And they both end know. up dead. Wait, who ends up dead? Princess Diana. Who's the other both? Isn't it wasn't like the person she died with, Dodi Fayad? I don't know. I I don't know if he died. I don't think he died. He yet. didn't die. I think who was, died with her? Her driver. Her, I think it was yeah. I don't think he died. What's, we we can check. Yeah, let's check on that. But anyway, but continue on with crazy, this, uh, right? Crazy so, trajectory. So, three cousins. Jamal Khashoggi gets chopped up. Whatever. So okay. So there's all that, right? It gets even crazier. Their grandfather was a guy named Muhammad Khashoggi, mm-hmm. and he was the personal physician to King Abdulaziz bin Saud. Oh dang! Whose kid? Got his kid chopped up. Like, descendant, yeah, whatever, got his grandson chopped up. That, ooh, you're right. Dodi Faya did die. He did die in the crash? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, he did die in the crash. I don't know why I thought he didn't. He, he did die in the crash, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> okay, well, shit. It's just yeah, a we- those three died. Um, and just to go back on circle back, Kevin Maxwell, uh, this is Ghislaine Maxwell's brother, uh, this dude, he is uh, the co-founder of the think tank combating jihadist terrorism, mm-hmm. right? Of uh, course. Uh, company d- uh, director or whatnot. Uh, other, um, and uh, he has this, this, uh, ties to Dallas and uh, went to Oxford and his uh, other uh, her other uh, sister is the director of Israel Venture Network okay and Israel Ven- Miss Israel Venture Network's father was the guy who supplied arms to Israel to right. establish itself so okay makes sense that checks out that that. but yes Okay, so Abdulaziz bin Saud's personal physician. Uh, throwing it in a different direction, current Secretary of State under Sleepy Joe, Anthony Blinken, his stepfather was Robert Maxwell's lawyer. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's not... In the UK? I'm, I guess so. Mm. I guess so. In the UK or in the US, if you, Maxwell lived here at any point, I don't know. Um, well, I think Maxwell had ties to like multiple organizations. I think he was like considered like you know like like, a, like working in with some capacity. He was. Yeah, in yeah. multiple organizations. Like the Mossad <coughs> just happens to be, I guess, the most prominent of his work. But I so think after yeah, the, so after he died, the Israeli PM he was buried in Jerusalem, and the Israeli PM actually a bunch of Israeli officials gave him a eulogy. He had a like grand funeral. And the Israeli PM said, I read this quote online, I don't remember it by word, but it's like, he cannot be repaid for the, like, for what he's done for Israel. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah, man, all of that, and spirals back to around the time that this Epstein thing was happening. Adnan Khashoggi was one of Epstein's clients. 
uh, that was Jamal Khashoggi's uncle. He had been one of his clients previously. Oh, and around that time is when MBS was chopped up. So I, I sorry, MBS chopped okay. Jamal Khashoggi up. So okay. I am wondering, right? When this Epstein trial happened, did MBS say, oh shit, this Khashoggi family who was involved with Epstein and Maxwell and has been involved with my family, they know some shit. So Abdulaziz, the founder of Saudi, and uh, Muhammad Khashoggi were cool, but clearly somewhere down the line, something fractured. So MBS was probably like, oh shit. This guy is like doing journalism and reporting against me and whatnot. This family knows a lot. Epstein just got caught. I'm about to get fucked next. Let me chop this guy's body into pieces just to tell the rest of his family you better keep your mouth shut. I'm guessing it was something like that. Because otherwise, why would he not just kill him? Why would he chop him into pieces? I mean, I think Unless he's trying to make a statement. Like, no, yeah. I think chopping up was like logistic. I think he needed to do that logistically because the body just yeah, kept the body out of the out embassy. Of embassy, and I don't think it was like oh he had something on MBS or his family because first and foremost, no one gives a fuck. We all know these Arab sheikhs. We all know like what they're into, like what they're doing. Like like it's a very <laughs> common practice. They're like fucking kids there. Right? Yeah. like they're doing that shit. Uh, it's more so like because it seems like this journalist and it has. He has close family member. He has family members that have ties to uh, these spy organizations, and I'm guessing he might have also had those, like some kind of ties to them, right? It's not like he's like the one person in the family who has nothing to do with right, them, right? right. And when this Epstein thing became big, I mean, you just gotta find the person who's gonna talk and not cooperate, right, with you. And I guess they found this guy who had enough information to talk. And enough balls or enough greed or, you know, whatever not to, like, you know, not to compromise with them or, like, make a deal with them. So they right. chopped him up whatever way possible. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. There's uh, definitely a lot of clandestine I, shit happening there. Safari yeah, Club was I don't know if I, I, th- I don't know if I agree or if I can see hmm. the link between MBS and, and Epstein because I feel like the kind of pr- the services... Epstein and, you know, the prince who are involved here are not that big of a deal for an Arab prince. I don't think he needs to go through a ring or anything like that to get that action. I think he can get it for much cheap and much easier because he commands much more authority where he comes from. Well, they, they have just, uh, it seems like they have, mm-hmm. all have deeper ties, though. It's not only relegated to... Right, they might have other ties, for sure. As in, like, you know, like this Epstein... For, I mean, Epstein seems to be dealing with, like, you know billionaires of like you know, tech moguls and like Bill Clinton Bill and Gates like Bill and Gates, yeah. Oxford University. And Alan, Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz. I was just like, what the world. hell? I was like, I can't believe this fucker's name is in there. Yeah, because yeah. you look at his articles from the 90s, it makes sense. You look at his articles, bro. They're all about like, oh, in defense of pedophiles. It's all about... No way. Oh, see, I'm, I'm not up on that. He has written like, it's like scholarly work about like you know like the ethics of this shit in the 90s and whatnot and now you're like wait a minute wait a minute and like same as kids when you grew up like you know like i remember it was a joke like uh i like you know like uh like (laughs) um it was like hey what you would ask in like a in, in any polite gathering 
if someone wanted to make a dirty joke, they would, it would be like, hey, so what is the connection between Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky? And like, if for us, like, you know, like, we're like, you know, it would be a conservative gathering. That would be like, oh my God, ha ha, because everyone knew. Like, you know, they yeah. had they had sex or whatever. Like, they had sexual relationships. Yeah. But she was an intern. And this is the most powerful man in the world. The dynamic between them is not much different. Like, between the President of the United States and a 21-year-old intern, the da- dynamic is that not that much different than, like, the President of the United States and a 17-year-old. Because now, sure. like, you see these connections, like, hey, he's on Epstein's plane 26 times. Well, he's not going to his island to tell him, hey, you should not be doing this. 26 times. Yeah. Oh, he did not listen to me again. I just had to spend a week there. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, it, 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 like it adds yeah. up, like, some of that shit. Same with Alan Dershowitz. Same with all this other crap. Like, I feel like there's definitely a connection. Because this Maxwell stuff, he's not, they're not only dealing with kids. They're dealing these kids to, like... As like a side hustle for them to like get blackmail, uh, or like these types of like you know like get people to do what they want in a way, but they have deeper ties. They're like moving arms. They're like they're like middlemaning deals between uh, like big time players on the world stage. So it makes sense to me that MBS and like people of that magnitude are involved in like trying to like cover up whatever are like you know whatever's gonna potentially come out from the Epstein thing when it was possible that it would come out now obviously you know with this Maxwell thing uh Ghislaine Maxwell trial over it seems like this is a dead issue uh we won't know what's gonna happen obviously are they gonna go prosecute more people no this is it (laughs) they closed the case Epstein committed suicide allegedly uh, somehow and the no, tapes like, are burned people like Alan Dershowitz and the Prince are they gonna well I think Prince Andrew has some type of like thing going on I'm not exactly sure uh, and Alan Dershowitz man he's gone I mean if this one slimy asshole who can get away with something it's Alan Dershowitz I I mean, he's a lawyer I mean you, you know you know, he's, you know he's slimy but uh, yeah um, yeah I I I guess the worst thing that's happened to him so far is that, you know, he's been publicly, I guess, shamed. But... Uh, and he's been taking it like a champ. Yeah, you has been... Yeah, he's been taking it like a champ. He's like, no, that wasn't me. Uh, it wasn't me. Well, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, you know, when you're guilty, right? I have that sometimes. I'm not like... Uh, I don't what know, do you I, guys think about that chick, though? Who is, like, essentially the one who pointed the finger at the prince and Alan Dershowitz, who's based in Australia now? What about oh. her? Because she was essentially, so she was like the chief witness, so to speak, or like the main advocate who spoke up. Yeah. And then, but she wasn't part of the Maxwell trial. They never called her to the stage. What, what was her deal? They ne- she was the one who said, hey, like, you know, like... And Dershowitz and Prince, I had sex with them. Oh, okay. She was okay. The one who basically, okay. like, went head to head with it. When she was a minor and shit. But right. they never called yeah. her to the stand. But they never called her to the stand uh, in the court case. Huh. Even though, like, she put, you know, her testimony, essentially... She was like the person who okay, damn. I don't. I think she's the one who broke the silence first, and then because of her, like I think she inspired a lot of other girls to step up. Did she speak on the Epstein trial? She was supposed to, yeah, yeah. Okay. So once once he died, I think they let everybody come and say their piece. So right. She did. Oh, okay. Okay. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Yeah, but I think you know this isn't like. Uh... I don't know. I feel like it ties back a lot. Like, uh, 
this whole child, like the sex traffic. It seems like you know, yeah, there's such a vast, you know, bureaucracy, a network of people in the media and stuff. But some huge, ass sinister stuff happens to be revolving around like a few groups, a few families, mm-hmm. right? And turns out, like, yeah, it's from like the outside. It seems like there must be a big, you know, like network of things going on. But it's a small club, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, it's a relatively small club. Yeah. Um. It takes me back to that, like, you know, during this Epstein thing, like, uh, this Roman Polanski thing also came to stage. I don't know if y'all know Roman Polanski is. He's, like, a big-time... Pro- he used to be some big-time producer. I've heard the name. Who yeah. Is he? Yeah. Sounds He's familiar. a big-time Hollywood producer. He was married to Sharon Tate. You know, uh, Sharon Tate's the chick, that, the pregnant woman that the Manson family chopped up. Oh, okay. Right? In the 60s or whatnot. Yeah. Like, Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. Is it Charles Manson? Charles Manson. Him and, like, his group... Broke into the house, found this pregnant woman, chopped her up. Damn. Right, like Damn. stabbed her, yeah. like you know, yeah. uh, God yeah. knows how many times. Right, right. Uh, she was married to Roman Polanski. Oh. Roman okay. Polanski, when this Epstein thing broke, Roman Polanski suddenly after a couple of, like you know whatever like I'm like uh, the, there's so many pedophiles now that you, it's hard to keep track yeah. of like you know <laughs> Kevin Spacey, Roman Polanski, it's like a bunch of like you know like yeah. <laughs> it's like a deli like deli of pedophiles, but uh. Like, yeah, Roman Polanski had to escape from the U.S. because he was wanted for, like, soliciting, like, you know, and, like, being involved in, like, child sex trafficking and whatnot. Oh, damn. Uh, or what, um, and it's like, wait, okay, so this guy, after, four, you know, 20, 30, whatever, odd, some odd years, he's involved in this shit, and it just coincidentally, like, his wife got chopped up one day randomly by a bunch of random people. They broke into the house, they chopped up his pregnant wife, and this dude, after 40 years, just happened to be involved with, like, this, you know, child sex trafficking thing that is, like, you know, is right now is, like, right. picking up presidents and kings and all this shit, and it's like, this just happened randomly, nothing, they just, they just happened to find this one random house that happened to be connected to this guy. So how did they find out about him back in the day? They didn't find out about him until now. Until he now, went on a run what, recently, like oh, when this Epstein thing broke. That's what Before went. that, no but one where knew. Did he, where did he dip to? Uh, let's find out, man. Somewhere like they didn't find his ass. Or they couldn't like they can still today. They till today they can't find him. We're pretty sure, man. Let's just, uh, Dang. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna wonder on my laptop why there's so many searches for these uh, wanted <laughs> pedophiles, <laughs> man. They're like, oh, this guy's kind of creating a da- <laughs> database data for this. But either way, like we're gonna look up the details of where he went. But he went on the run, and it's like, wait a minute. So this group, right, r- just randomly chose a house. They broke into it. They killed their wife. They killed the pregnant. W- and then she's married. She's a big time actress. Yeah. Big time Hollywood actress, or like I don't know how big time B C B like list C list D list. She, she was yeah. She was something. She and she's married to this producer, who after all these years just turns up to it's like turns out to be like this you know like sex like weirdo. And it took me back to this podcast from uh, Tom O'Neill. Kind of funky looking dude too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like, I want to see the picture. That he looks like you know, uh, familiar. And uh, I mean, he's written. He wrote a book. He's you know, he's been like involved with. So you know, there's like QAnon. Yeah, you know, there's like QAnon people. They use that word cabal. There's a cabal running. There really is. It makes Alex Jones like it's Alex, Alex Jones is like they're getting your kids, they're gonna have sex with your kids, and everyone's like, haha, this dumbass. And now it's like, wait a minute, yeah, Alex Jones, yeah. you are a crazy motherfucker. But like, he's like a like you know like broken clock type shit, right? Like, yeah. 
He, yeah. Or maybe he's like done too many drugs. He can't like say it out loud properly. He can't say, "Hey, it's these guys. They're doing this." He's like, yeah. "No, there's like frogs or gay and shit like that kind of stuff." Or maybe like he was trying to and they knew it, so they like fucked with his head. They used some like freaking like L- LSD in the vents, like LSD uh, in the vents. Castro, like, yeah, <laughs> rest in peace, man. It's appropriate that this, rest uh, in peace. Uh, it's also the anniversary. I'm trying to find where he, this guy ran away to, man. It has a lot on his discography. Yeah, sexual Control abuse method. case conveniently. Uh, he raped a woman, sexually uh, uh, assaulted her in 1975 when she was 10 years old. 1975 is not that far mm. off from like when Sharon Tate died. Like, you right. know, like this is all happening, like, I mean... When like I, I get the Sharon Tate murders or whatnot, it's happening like you know like not that far uh, from when these alleged things happened. Where the hell did this guy run away to? I'm just trying to find like a location or no, one go, day. Go down, go down, he, go down, go all the way at the bottom of his bio, like to like current day. See what it says about him. Because he ran away recently, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So go down, down, down. Yo, down. he flew. He flew. Oh. Uh, he fled to Europe. Okay, in 1977, Polanski was arrested and charged with drugging and raping a 13-year-old girl. And this is eight years after his pregnant wife, actress Sharon Tate, uh, was murdered by the Manson family. Again, coincidentally, they broke into this random house that happened to be... The sex, like, criminals... Very specific way of killing somebody. And then... He... This motherfucker... Turns out to be like raping chick, like ten year olds and thirteen year olds back up till nineteen seventy five, at least, and that's probably not the first time he did it. Uh, so it took me to this podcast that Tom O'Neill did. He's the author of this book called Chaos, and it's on LSD uh, usage by the CIA on oh, people. Uh, MK yeah. Ultra. Yeah, yeah. MK Ultra. And yeah. he did this. He did this for uh, Millennium Magazine. I think that's the name of the magazine. For like 20 years, investigated journalism on the Manson murder, <clears throat> murders, and the Sharon Tate killing, and basically he he like like triangulates like Manson get getting institutionalized into like the prison system, the prison system happened happening to just so happening to be where they were uh, testing LSD, mm. seeing if it could be militarized, right in whatever way. And then he gets a you know a, a PO from there. You show like his you know he goes to multiple states. He's in Mexico for a while, but he has the same PO. The PO goes with him all the way to California from wherever the hell he was in Ohio. And there he goes. He's selling drugs. He's running a prostitution ring. He has LSD. Like you know like, and I guess imagine on a thousand, two thousand grams of LSD, micrograms of LSD. Uh, someone convinced yeah. you to kill someone. Yeah, yeah I can a hundred percent believe that, right? And if you like get a bunch of people hooked, yeah, you can convince them to like you know do a bunch of shit. Despite but, the euphoria, though. Yeah. 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 Confusion. Confusion. Yeah, yeah, you can militarize that shit and make it make, make people feel like you know like, like you know invincibility. Ah, uh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. But he was able to get away with it back then, um, because uh, of like you know, he got a plea deal. Yeah. I'm trying to find out though what he's doing today. Is he dead? 
No, he's still alive. He Definitely. fled to Europe. So where is he right now? Nobody knows where. Well, I guess if they if they put <laughs> on if they put on Wiki, if they we if, you know they'll find out if he put it on Wikipedia now. Yeah, right. Oh, they'll just have to do a Julian Assange on his ass. <laughs> Well, I feel so bad for Julian Assange. Yeah, speaking of which, that shit is like. Uh, so did you see, did you see like there was that uh, I forgot man. There's like the streamer. He was like him talking about how like uh, I don't know. It's, it's uh, Hassan Piker. He might have someone was he was just bad mouthing like Julian Assange. Oh, or, probably yeah. It was, prob- it was probably probably. It's just so like uh, it's just so yeah, cringe you, watching people like who are never gonna like including myself not gonna amount to like doing any substantial shit in the world and just die and they're like talking shit about like a guy who's literally been like tortured for a decade and is continuing that like right, I think even at this moment I'm guessing he's not in a very comfortable position right and this like asshole he had a is, stroke recently yeah he had yeah. a stroke and the day this is oh, going yeah. on not only they're not covering it on the left sphere if they're covering it they're covering it in this way which is uh, yeah, this guy's a kind of a weirdo, and you're a fascist if you like Julian Assange. Go to the Jimmy nah, Dore nah, show. I, I, I wouldn't say that because you, cause you got the Jimmy Dore show, and then well, the Jimmy Dore show is kind of kind of crazy. He's covering Julian Assange, right? Gray Zone, they're covering Julian Assange. I uh, freaking even bro, even what what the fuck are they? Uh, Christo and Sager, those assholes are covering Julian Assange, or at least Sager's an asshole. But I mean. Like, you do have... There, there is, like, two sides on it. Bro, it's all stupid bullshit. They're talking about nothing. They're talking about either each other or they're talking about some dumbass bullshit. Like, this whole trial that you talked about right now, why does someone on YouTube not make a video and do this? And I'm not talking about some random guy because they probably did that. Yeah. One of these big producers, like, there's, like, yeah. a bunch of, like, YouTube channel online left, so quote-unquote, YouTube yeah. channels, streamers, yeah. Twitch streamers, everything, and they're all talking about stupid bullshit about what kind of bathroom there should be. What kind of like you know like new like like new bullshit like I don't know like something perverse something like obscene something that is just meant yeah. to like be yeah. edgy yeah. and provoke people's like you know like like just like violate their sensibilities enough for them to react and then they can be like oh look this guy is backwards this guy's con- like conservative this guy's a fascist and it's yeah. like no it's just you know like being like forward thinking does not mean like you have to like violate the sensibilities of people around you right. Right, uh, but I guess that that is what consumes most of this media space at this moment, and I feel like that's because Biden has won. Any real struggle has kind of been uh, like Black Lives Matter. Any teeth that movement had died the moment it was co-opted by the Biden uh, people. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I, I feel like honestly though, I I wanna I wanna j- just really briefly Biden winning kneecapped any and all like of that energy of those pissed off people who were pissed off under Trump Biden completely placated that him coming him winning the primary completely placated that yeah and that was yep. the thing I was worried about yeah with Biden and that completely happened that was my biggest reservation is that it's just gonna just the whole momentum is gonna die. It was gonna be an obvious one, right? It was gonna be yeah. some like weird one tenth, like we're gonna like you know do this against Trump and like now like you know honestly a year in, 
We got 10 months to go until the next, like, you know, midterm. After that, there's a lame duck Congress. They're going to get, they're, they're fucked. For the midterms, they're fucked. Trump's going to win again? No, I'm talking about like the election, like, this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're going to lose, like, the Congress this year. Forget the gen- like gender election in 2024. Yeah. They're going to lose this year. After that, he can't do shit. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But in the next 10 months, when he can do shit, going off of his previous year, he ain't going to do shit in the 10 months he can do shit in yeah. either. Yeah. And it seems like both him and the VP, they just don't want, like, like each other. It, se- it seems almost as if, like, he was such a fan of Trump's policies that he's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to let this <laughs> ride it ride out. Ride it out. <laughs> so let's say this, like, hypothetical. I want to r- wrap this up just, like, you know, because like, it, uh, it, it is a bit late. Would, if Trump and Biden are, at, this is the same exact situation, 2024, Trump, Biden, or Trump Harris, would you vote for the Democratic candidate? Probably not. Nope. And Probably not. And what can they do in the next 10 months to change your mind? Oh, bro, everything. They would have to do everything. Literally everything, bro. Half their problems. Give us universal health care. Make college free cancel college debts you know minimum wage what are they gonna do though i mean would you say okay let's say i told you hey uh biden will uh legalize weed exonerate all uh uh, x you know all all weed convicts and cancel fifty thousand dollars worth of students ten thousand dollars i would want him to solve one problem properly like what any one problem properly like if he were to do student debt, for example, I wouldn't want him to half-ass it and be like, "You need like this." There's a threshold for it. Mm. Well, you're in the wrong. You're uh, asking him the wrong or, thing, buddy. Yeah, yeah I'm not committed to which problem. I'm not committed yeah. to like the problem. Like whatever problem it is, I just want him to solve it fully. I don't want I it agree. to be like taking a problem and then throwing some like yeah water at it and be like, "Well, I tried." I mean, the thing is, uh, I feel like this is the parliamentarian didn't let me. <laughs> the parliamentarian didn't let me do it. Uh, the YouTubers in the yeah exactly you know like yeah so I would want them like what? if the Democrats solve a problem holistically then I, feel, I would yeah, I feel like you know like he, he's gone in and I, I can see this because the Democrats are that big headed and like you know like stupid right the liberals have that like weird like uh, I don't like, know man I feel like liberals are them. smarter than Republicans they're just more conniving I mean I'm, I think this guy has this the vision of like I'm gonna rein in the office of the president. The, I'm reigning the executive branch, so no executive orders. And the pe- parliamentarian is important, and the the clerk is important, and everyone gets a say in everything. That's just not taking responsibility. Um, it's very convenient, and I can see him using that as a mental justification to just do exactly what he, a corrupt person who he is willingly, would do, right? Which is serve all these interests that he's serving, not do shit, and like yeah. you have Trump again. Uh, yeah, I mean, the next 10 months, I don't know. I mean, I guess... I, he, I don't know if there's anything... Because, bro, look, here's the thing. If he legalized like, marijuana and exonerated convicts, I would consider, you know, like, maybe voting for someone who's running in the midterm and see how he does afterwards. But I really I don't, just know, don't see man. See, d- doing that is... That's something that's such an easy thing to do just for points. That would be the... If I was somebody like Biden and I was like, man... Uh, I need to win this re-election. What what should I do, bro? The easiest go-to is legalize weed. What if he found every? Si- 
agree. What if he found every single one of the January 6th rioters and put them in prison? Would you Would you vote for him then? I wouldn't give a flying fuck, bro. Really? You don't care about that? Because that's a big issue, bro. <laughs> You're a fascist. Okay, this it's two not a minutes, big issue at close all. on that. It's one year in. First and foremost, I've heard stories about how people are mentally scarred. It was Kyrie Irving about how he was disturbed. He took time off from work, which is like playing basketball. No way. Yeah, he took time off from playing basketball because he was mentally disturbed about the riots at the Capitol Hill. This year? Last year. In January. In oh, okay. I was like, I thought you meant Wait, like a year a, later. Yeah, it's been a year. A I, year ago. Okay, I thought you meant like a year later. He <laughs> no, took no, no. Well, I mean, even the day of. I mean, well, you're in a different state, yeah. right? Like, why yeah. do you care? Yeah. Like, but... Have you been able to process the trauma that you have from that day? And, like, you know, I don't know, I feel like this has been, like, the biggest thing, like, you know, it's just harped on, like, oh, look at Capital 6, these guys are fascists, they'll take over the government, they'll burn, burn this down, like, you know, this kind of bullshit, Trump's gonna come back. First and foremost, Trump comes back, doesn't come back, don't give a fuck, personally for me, because, like, this guy hasn't done shit anyways. The names, but, the, the best thing about Trump was the name-calling, man, Sleepy Joe, Crooked Hillary, like... I'm missing it my was, Twitter, bro. Twitter, you know, like, yeah, Twitter is so boring without Trump. Like, you know, he's on there. He had the best tweet of all time when ASAP Rocky got out. Yeah, what was it? Free, uh... uh pull, pull it, <laughs> it was the best tweet of all time, bro. I mean, the guy, the scumbag, was funny because he's yeah, so stupid. Shit. So what do you see, where do you guys see this going for the midterms? Do you see uh, any chance the Democrats kind of like, you know... No. No. They're losing both the House and the Senate? Uh, losing the... Hmm, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure. Man, we lost a national... Uh, what did he say? We lost Give last, ASAP. He said something very funny. He said something like, this is like legend. It's probably the best tweet of all time, honestly. What? <laughs> this guy? Nah, he said, he said, he said, <laughs> there it is. ASAP Rocky released yeah. from prison <laughs> and on his way home to the United States from Sweden. It was a rocky week. Get home ASAP. ASAP. <laughs> the president of the United States. Yeah, you know he live tweeted his negotiation with the Swedes? Yeah. That shit was great. He was, like, he was like, I just talked to the PM. He said this, so I said this. I want ASAP back home ASAP. And it's like, oh, this guy's like this. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's yeah, great Biden would be like, okay, ASAP can come back after six months. Yeah, and he's what on parole. Did, what, he has to go back every week. What did he get? What, what did he get caught up with in Sweden? Oh, yeah, well, he had like a gun or like had a fight or some, some shit. Some shit like that. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Okay. For being out in the dark, and he was like, "Hey, man, it's only three p.m. What you talking about?" Uh, I don't know. It, it might have been like some. Someone got their ass whooped, or he whooped someone's ass, or some shit like that. I don't know, man. Either way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Oh, well, it was nice discussing this very dark topic, though. Very dark.